0: Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm uh, Stu Whiffin. I host this podcast with Christopher Glasson. However, I don't host this episode with Christopher Glasson. Chris has gone solo. He's left me. He's forged his own path. He got cold in my shadow. He's flown the nest. You can see his name up in lights and he... He just got blinded by stardom. So I let him have an episode on his own. and he's joined by Ollie Pike. Now Ollie is the creator of Pop and Ollie, and has been noted as one of the ones to watch on the Independent on Sunday's Rainbows List. Ollie has spoken at London City Hall on Parliament regarding children's rights and mental health in relation to LGBT and education. Ollie was shortlisted for a National Diversity Award for his LGBT and educational work. He's got a YouTube channel that's had over 1 million views and his books are currently being used in UK classrooms and beyond. I could go on. I've got so much info in front of me to read out about Ollie, but I'll leave it to to, to Chris to, to do it in a more natural way and and, and, and chat about um, Ollie, and he's incredible top five as well. So it's uh, it was quite a chat, uh, therefore it's a two-parter. So before we get on with part one, just quickly, uh, thanks to Mister 76 for producing this. Um, thanks loads to um, Luke Van Boom of Bang Boom Creative and Charles of Love Beer for sponsoring Hardcore Listing, our long-time sponsors. Um, thanks to everybody that's a Patreon. Uh, we do have a Patreon account and we put up a... Another episode each week over there. Um, it's amazing seeing that Patreon account grow and grow and grow. Um, more and more of yous all getting involved and, and and checking out what we're doing over there. I mean, if you used to go and have a look now, it's patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com, patreon.com forward slash Um, If you sign up over there, it's not a lot. And you've got access to probably nearly 100 um, episodes that have never seen the light of day. Um, for the masses, just for your patrons. Um. Also, uh, just a quick shout out that there is another podcast on the block, and not only is it a, a great podcast, that podcast tells you all about podcasts. It's the Pod Bible Podcast, and uh, it's hosted by me, uh, Adam Richardson, and Scrobius Pipkins, and uh, it's a company's uh, magazine. And uh, we we print magazines and there's a digital magazine and there is now a podcast and we chat to all your favourite podcasters, the likes of Kate Thornton, Johnny Vaughan, No Such Thing as Fish, Ad Lloyd, Drunk Women Solving Crime, etc, 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 all the big names. Um, So you can find out about the podcast, about the magazine and everything else at www.podbiblemag.com. Right. Let's get on with it. Please enjoy Hardcore Listing seventy six. Drop that intro. It's a drunken soiree that we're in. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast.
2: All right, there we go. I yeah. think I think we've started. Sweet. So, hello everyone. hope we're all doing well. Um, I have been stranded by my co-ho, uh, co-host, co-host Stuart within today. Um, he's the one in jail this week. Um, but joining me, very luckily, I have Ollie Pike. Yay! How you doing, mate? I'm great. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So we met at
1: a wedding. Again, yeah, at a wedding of all yeah. things. <laughs> and what a wedding! It was stunning, wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember the name of the place but it was extravagant Ainho Park that was it and I only remembered because I thought when I introduced you today one of the
2: first things we might talk about is that place yeah and oh my gosh it was amazing wasn't
1: it it was really cool lots of taxidermy yes Um, so don't go there if you're like
2: (laughs) vegan or something yeah
1: yeah however I think they die naturally the animals so I hope so me too I really do but, Yeah I had a friend who'd been there
2: I, I think the taxi, do you know what? The taxidermy, I, I, I totally forgot about What I find um, incredible about the place is the story of the owner and he was a big dance nightclub promoter right. Especially in the 90s Okay So in some of the toilets around the building is where he's got all these platinum records Yeah,
1: there was, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
2: like A lot of the dance tunes that we used to, and the, the albums we used to have at house parties when we were like 16, they're all his ones so it was absolutely just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it was a good place for, like, hide and seek as well. <laughs> oh, wow. Because it was, like, lots of nooks and crannies. There was, like, an um, underground club as well, which so was a bit cool. insane. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah,
2: Absolutely. And one of my last memories of that underground club was the uh, bride being, like, thought, marched out. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was kind of wasted. She was so <laughs> uh, At one point, I was standing behind Tracy... And my job was just to let her enjoy herself, but catch her if she falls over. not you trick
1: her. I think you all tricked her and told her it had finished. I took right. her to bed and then went back down. That's it. We <laughs> had to turn the music off.
2: <laughs> it was exactly. the only way to get her into bed. Her. Yeah, she looked great. Uh, she was oh, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, well, it, Ben scrubbed up pretty well too. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that was that was a cool um, cool wedding. So we got chatting, and I, I found out what you uh, do. So, um, guys, you've probably heard the introduction already. But Ollie is a children's author, amongst other things, YouTube yeah. sensation.
1: Yeah, I don't know really what to say when people are like, I was what's your title? And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm the CEO of Pop and Ollie.
2: <laughs> so CEO, well, so Ollie runs a company called Pop and Ollie, and you're the chief executive unicorn. That's the
1: truth. Officially, my title. Yeah, hustling, <laughs> hustling <laughs> with glitter exactly but yeah no we like we started as a YouTube channel uh, my background's in like children's theatre and television and then I just started creating my own content on YouTube people were watching it because I like illustrate as well some of my videos were animations and I because they got so popular I decided to turn some of the animations into books so I kind of accidentally became a children's author but it's pretty cool oh, and now I know I am here I am six books later that we've got spread out over this yeah. table um, it's, it's weird isn't it
2: because you don't suppo- many of our career choices and career paths we probably don't see in the stars and then we no. find ourselves falling into we have it. like
1: an idea I think what it is is like you have an idea of what you're passionate about and what you love so you just kind of follow that and then yeah. it just kind of takes you somewhere
2: yeah and so. I think that's the, probably people's best bets yeah I think that's the that.
1: safest thing to do as well yeah. rather yeah. than being like I'm gonna be I don't know an astronaut
2: my my first one that I think my parents thought was really cute. I used to say is I'm going to be an aeronautist, and they used to get me saying that at night. What an aeronautist, what which is, that? is someone who designs sort of planes and okay. stuff like that. I didn't want to be that. Oh no! You know, I think that kind of my mum, especially, was kind of like, "Oh, he's going to do something great. Yeah, he's going to be smart. Yeah, but yeah." Recording podcasts. Yeah, sister's smart.
1: We're all smart in our own way. I remember I said to my parents that I wanted to be an artist when I was, like, younger. Yeah. And they were like, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then I went and uh, became a dancer instead, which is probably, you know, just as risky. Yeah. But uh, but now I've kind of actually have become an artist because I draw them all, so... Which is crazy. Yeah. I so think
2: that, well, you more than any um, probably understand, like, the brave new world of earning a living off of doing things that we wouldn't, re- okay the author is one thing but creating YouTube channel, yeah. something we'd never no. never conceived at school you know, it's a bizarre thought that you can earn money how we can, now podcasting yeah, um, and yeah creating other content and how most kids, I don't think they, they sort of put down the TVs and they're, they're
1: more driven by YouTube content yeah. these days I think it's about finding your kind of tribe of people that really, really want the content you're creating. Because obviously my niche is LGBT plus and equality yep. content for kids. Yep. So the type of people that love my content is primary school teachers, yep. um, queer parents, um, and, and charities. So they're the ones that really, really like desire the, the stuff that I'm making.
2: Do you get um, much support from the straight community? Are there a lot of people there? Yeah, no,
1: definitely, because this is, like, the new thing. Mm-hmm. As of next September, so relationship education for yeah. primary school students is going to yeah. be mandatory, it's going to yeah. be the law, yeah. and they have to learn about not just mummy and daddy, they have mm-hmm. to learn about all different types of family setups. Mm-hmm. And so the teacher's a bit like, oh, OK, how do we do this? And yeah. then I'm like just use my books yeah. just use my videos yeah. like it's really not hard just include you know stories yeah. that include LGBT plus characters yeah.
2: I think I, I think like people have got to be able to tell a good story and do it in a really good way as well yeah. and be kind and caring and, and, and doing it with thought and um, I've, I've read some of the reviews of your books and the, the big people who, who champion you and um, yeah I think it's incredible and I think that you know it obviously there, there must be a straight community that supports you. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to know that you're getting that support and it's not just from the people who maybe have sort of like um, seen that growing up or had challenges themselves mm. um, being part of that community. I think there's a lot of people um from the straight community who see it and see that struggle and want to get be- behind you mm. and, but i guess you there's lots of detractors as well like do you get a lot of people like because it's a it can be a sensitive subject i guess for some people mm. because they 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 don't maybe don't agree with it or they feel that
1: it's not the right time and age and yeah do you get a lot of that it's weird it's like i'd say i've received about 90 percent positive kind of Reception from everyone mm. regarding my work, and like it. Just makes sense. It's like, oh yeah, like when we teach about mummy and daddy, we teach about mummy and mummy and daddy and daddy. Yeah. Like it's all age appropriate. I think sometimes what people have an issue with is the fact that LGBT plus people throughout history have been kind of unfairly sexualized. Yeah. So it's kind of like the only thing people think about so instead of like the, the deeper aspects of a
2: relationship it is it's like basically down to the, the you know the, the doing it yeah and it. it's yeah. like
1: that's all people have in their head when they so think is that about what they think the word about gay? The education
2: as well is the sex side yes. not the relationship side so cycle. they think
1: we're teaching children about you know really inappropriate things <laughs> which is like yeah. stupid like look yeah. at my stories like yeah. none of these characters are doing anything inappropriate no. yeah. they're literally just about healthy which is why I won't be buying <laughs> 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 no, I, I get it. Yeah. Um. But so when you explain it to people and show them my books, they're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, this makes so much sense. It's just like a Disney film, but it's you know two princes or two princesses." Yeah. However, there's still the people uh, that even when you show them the content uh, yeah. and read them the stories, because I was recently on um, Victoria Derbyshire show last yeah. week. And they had like a classroom set up and half of us were pro-LGBT yeah. plus education for primary yeah. school yeah. and the other half were anti. And yeah. I have to say, there was a lot of kind of, unfortunately, religious fanatics yeah. who I think were given a lot of re- religions a bad name. Because there are many kind of Christian, Jewish, exactly. Muslim people yeah. who are totally for LGBT plus education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there's a small, mm-hmm. loud minority yeah. of, particularly in Birmingham, um... Right, yeah. And that community up there who are protesting outside primary schools because of books like mine. heard about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, I'm like, we've showed you it. There's not anything else we can do. To me, you are just homophobic now. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I think a lot of it comes from, I think there's different ways of thinking. And I think people think a lot emotionally. And that they have emotional blocks or insecurities mm. that might have been passed down from generation to generation, they've never really challenged logically.
1: Mm.
2: And now the, that, that emotional thought and that concept is there and it's very difficult for them to sort of unpick that mm. and try and see the logic or where that sort of thinking goes and why actually it doesn't make sense mm. to think like that. And it must be so, it must be hard. And I think it's gonna take some time and 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 quite a few it's still quite a while for you know other people to unfreeze with that and yeah. it doesn't it, it it it's it's got to come from you know people like yourself changing it being brave enough to sort of like um believe like follow your passions and 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 stand mm-hmm. by what you believe in with regards to the education
1: yeah well because ultimately you know i love creating content for kids like it yeah. doesn't matter too much what it's about but yeah. I feel like this is bigger than me now because this mm-hmm. is about saving lives yeah like we know from so many statistics from stonewall from YouGov that lgbt plus related bullying is the most common form of yeah. bullying in schools one in five LGBT lgb students and then almost half of trans students have attempted suicide yeah. so then that's kind of like secondary school so it's about kind of getting in there earlier and just letting everyone know that it's okay to be whoever you're meant to be
2: yeah, for sure. I, I, people say, oh, save it for secondary school, or the people aren't ready for that. It's like, ready for what? It's too late by right? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. it's like they've already
1: formed... Opinions. Yeah. Yeah,
2: definitely, man. Yeah. I, I don't know, like the minute you make something an elephant in the room, yeah, then it becomes a problem. Exactly. And I, I think that's, I, for me, that's the biggest issue of it, is that I think by that time it's, it can be too late. If you're saying a subject's taboo, then... It's gonna be taboo. People mm. are always you know, gonna create prejudices by the time they get to senior school. Yeah. As you say, the kid's gonna have behaviours then, as you know, as uh, very much as I saw as a, as a kid growing up, and um, and it doesn't have to be that. And your books, as you say, about relationships, it's not it's not sexualised. It's about dealing with um, how people might think and feel, and mm. and not just for I don't think just for the people who that might apply to. You know, it's it's as important for the wider community. Yeah. aren't um, you know, don't fall within that category. Just sort of like go, oh yeah, that that's a thing, yeah. and it's all right, and don't worry about it. Yeah. I, I, for me, I think as a, a a young kid, I was thinking, God, we're going to this well quick. Mate. I know. Sorry, sorry, mate. It's <laughs> <laughs> I remember being a kid and and seeing stuff as a kid. Like I was six or seven and being very attracted to it, like in a way that I couldn't put my put my thoughts and feelings on it, mm. and. And I I don't suppose, um, you know, I, I think parents are so worried that, like, content is going to change
1: someone's nature yeah. or something like that. And I, I don't really, truly believe that. That's I... absolute, you know, rubbish. Yeah. Right? Because it's like the amount of straight cartoons, Disney yeah. films I watched, and, like, it didn't affect me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm still gay after watching all the, you know, heterosexual yeah. relationships. So yeah, that's, that's just such a great absolutely. argument, mate, yeah. I like it when uh, the argument is like, if you don't like gay people, then straight people need to stop having gay kids, because <laughs> it's their fault.
2: <laughs> well, the funny thing is, what I saw that made me like go, "Oh wow, I think that's really attractive." Was some of the gayest stuff you can imagine. Like <laughs> he man hey, man is super kind gay. Kind of homoerotic it is I, Yeah. Really, like, when you think about it, it is like like all my toys were super homoerotic. Yeah. Like. Like, you know, it's guys in pants, very, very muscular, I know, right? And yet, there wasn't any part of me that was going, I think I'm going to have to become gay now. Like, I'd look at, say, Shiro and go, like, I don't know why I feel like I do towards her.
1: Do you see yeah. what I mean? Like, when you're young, you don't, you, it's not that. You do. That's the thing, when you're that age, things happen and you're not too sure what it is. Yeah. But I think you just need to know that it's okay. Yeah. So I remember, like, my sexual awakening. Yeah. Do you remember Saved by the Bell? Oh. Why oh, do I? You probably yeah. remember it for different reasons, but I <laughs> remember that I can't even remember the names. Was it Zach? Zach. The blonde one? Lacey Slayer? Jesse? Yeah, yeah. They were having like a wrestling match oh. and they had like these singlets on, like yeah. wrestling singlets. Yeah, yeah. I must have been about nine or ten, yeah, and yeah. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I just remember being like, oh my gosh, Yeah. I really like this and I'm not sure yeah. why. Yeah. But then almost feeling like, oh, I don't know if I should have liked that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, totally. So,
2: yeah. Especially when a lot of the, well, the vast wave of the rest of the content is well, sort of just straight, isn't it? Yeah. So you're like, once you start having the feelings that might, like, s- suggest to you that you're, you know, you're homosexual, you think, well, should I be feeling like mm-hmm. that and stuff like that? And
1: I, I guess see, that's what yeah. this does. And something really interesting that you've probably not picked up on, because mm. I've only really picked up on sure. it recently, if you look in children's movies, especially kind of, like, from the 80s and 90s, particularly yeah. Disney movies, sure. the villains... Yeah are often LGBT plus inclined. Right. So no, I've never at, fucking thought of that. And it's just this weird thing. Something to do with Disney anyway. I mean, I love Disney, but it's kind of problematic. Yes. Because yeah. as well as the villains being LGBT plus, they sure. often are very Jewish looking. And yeah. we know that Disney
0: yeah.
1: was kind of anti-Jewish, which yeah. is awful. But yes. but these little things have dripped down and you look at things like Lion King and yeah. it's like Scar is... <laughs> now, looking at it, it's like he's obviously an older, <laughs> kind of queenie gay man. yeah. Ursula um, uh, that yeah. is almost like a drag queen yeah. um, Hercules the the baddie and that yeah. is, is queer when you think about it yeah. and it's so weird that queer characters are often in negative roles in yeah. children's movies and, and you know in, in adults movies as well yeah. so it's kind of about shifting that as well and making the queer person the hero Yeah, and that's what I like to do with my stories would
2: you do you ever fantasize about like the the, the, the day Disney sort of like do like a really like LGBT sort of like a movie where like the protagonists
1: are like gay or I guess so but I think I'm gonna do it before them Like Fucking brilliant I, man I yeah. it's like Beauty and the Beast I had a gay moment and it's like you blink and you miss it yeah. and this is the other thing yeah. it's called so my friend Rowan Ellis came up I think she came up this term I'll coin it it's called Queerbaiting yeah. where it's like Movies, It's particularly like... Um, I'm not really into Marvel, I know. Mm-hmm. That's probably awful. Every, all Sorry. of your listeners probably are. But no, like the superhero the, movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Pink Pound is the thing. Right, okay. So they want queer people to come and watch their movies. So they right. kind of right. bait us and they're like, oh, one of our characters in our upcoming movie yeah. might be gay, they might be queer. There's definitely a confirmed like homosexual yeah. in this next movie. Yeah. So all obviously all of us are like, oh my gosh, we're going go yeah, 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 to we yeah. go and see it. And then we go and see it and it's not explicitly clear no. that their partner who we haven't seen is, yes, is queer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so the straight person going to watch it just wouldn't pick up on the facts, yeah, yeah. whereas the queer person might. So I kind of wanted to see the day when the it's queer person is obviously yeah. queer, not in an othering sort of way, but like oh. we just want that representation.
2: Only that's the most gangster thing i've heard you say No, oh, i'm, I'm gonna do it first thank i really i really like <laughs> so shit we got really deep there really quick um when actually we're here to do the top five today mate yes so
1: um can let me get my notes
2: before you do your top five you say your top five did you have any thoughts of any other sort of top five
1: yeah i was kind of thinking what it'd be called to kind of stay on brand yeah uh, I was thinking we could do like top five uh, kids' toys, but I feel like you might have already done like fads or something.
2: See, we've done we've done a few bits and pieces like Yeah,
1: we, we had a guy called Ryker
2: who's a street artist, and and he did top five toys, mm-hmm. which was which was pretty cool because he, he makes a lot of them as well himself. Oh, awesome. so, so yeah, so that's it. That would have still been a good one. That I, would I've, been good. Or
1: top five books as a child, like yep. you know Roald Dahl and all of that.
2: Yeah, can you tell what what one? Do you have one that you'd uh, throw out there?
1: Uh I always say my favorite one is Matilda. Yeah. From from Roald Dahl because I love the way Roald Dahl books is like the kids are always the smart ones yeah, and I think sure. kids are highly superior to adults um, in, in many ways because they're just so black and white with things. Yeah um so and i just used to love the way that she was super smart and she could move things yeah, with her right. eyes did you ever try and do that
2: oh man <laughs> i'd be lying if i said i haven't tried it in the last three months <laughs> i'm gonna tip every, that every now and then water over with my eyes every now and then i check back in on it mate. and i'm uh, <laughs> still uh, still not there
1: yeah i used to like that
2: good good choice so what what is your top five what are you gonna do today mate
1: um we're gonna do top five kids movies kids, oh Yay! Yes. Or we, because I was thinking we could either do the like the particular movie, yeah. or we could do like a category. Yeah, sure,
2: sure. No, no. We 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 could. It's your top five. We can do both. You can dip in and out
1: of it. We'll dip in and see, out
2: where, where you see uh, yeah. relevant and where. Because you're gonna fits. do like
1: I guess two. Oh. And I'm gonna do three, and we'll go back and forth. Right? Listen, I, you you That's can do the your whole
2: you can do your whole <laughs> top five, and I will throw in mine at do the what same you want. time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, do
2: you want to? Do you want to start? Is there a kids movie you want to start? We'll see. What would be your number
1: five? What Um, I think we should start with... Um, so we spoke about it when I came in because you actually had it playing. Oh, shit, yeah. You were watching yeah. The New Dark Crystal yeah. on Netflix, which I've watched the whole thing. Oh, it's incredible. Okay. Um, so kind of my first genre, I guess, yeah. is kind of like puppet movies. Oh, wow, amazing. Because, um, um, again, I know you spoke about this before, but... Um, I loved the Dark Crystal yeah. that film and uh, Labyrinth as oh, a kid. God. It's just something about the puppets and the yeah. way like human life is like injected into them. Yeah, uh, they're just so like fantastical. Beautiful. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's so,
2: it's <laughs> yeah. so cool. Um, I don't know where to start with it because they're they're still real. I think like, I do like C CGI and there's um, you know, I don't know what'll ever come up in here, but. There's something about that tacit feeling that they, they exist on the, yeah. in the real plane, even though you know that they are just puppets. It almost makes them scarier. Oh, definitely.
1: Like because yeah. you know it is an actual thing and it's yeah. not a computer generated thing.
2: Yeah, Stu often says probably one of the scariest thing you'd probably ever do is walk into like the sort of like the, the props department of say like a Sesame Street and just seeing all the puppets just hanging Looking there, at like, you. lifeless. <laughs>
1: um, Dark Crystal's is amazing. Um, and the thing that I love about kids' films is, like, the message just tends to be, not all the time, it tends to be so simple. You can just take one thing away from it. Yeah. Which is, like, basically be a good person. Yeah. Or, like, it's not like adult films, like, I don't know, Titanic. And it's like, I don't know, don't get on a boat. Might be the message from that. Probably not. Like, there's probably <laughs> something else. But there's always, yeah. like, these entwined yeah. messages and themes. And it's, like, generally with kids' films, it's, like... Good and bad. yeah. And I think fundamentally that's the most important thing you can learn as a child.
2: Yeah. Kindness. And and, and that can be a lot of the things yeah. in these as well. And the, those sort of virtues. Yeah. I think that's, and that's nice what to show we see in
1: you know, the Dark Crystal is the very obvious. Uh, because they've been divided, haven't they? The Skezis and the the Mystics. Because um, they used to be one person, I think. Oh,
2: God, yeah. yeah. I mean, something.
1: It's been so long since I've seen the movie. Yeah. Like, and then the, yeah. because of the power of the crystal, they got divided. That's and that's funny. why when one of them dies, the other one does it at the same time, right, doesn't, yeah, doesn't it? Because yeah, it's meant the, yeah. to be the same person. Yeah. Um, and they represent yes. the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the gelflings. I kind of wish I was oh, a gelfling. Girl the
2: girlfriends are absolutely bloody brilliant. Yeah. There's someone at work that looks like a girlfriend <laughs> but I don't know them well enough to be like... <laughs> to tell them, hey, you look like a <laughs> By the way, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Because could... they'll probably Google it and not... And then it could go down like a sack of shit yeah. from a stranger. When actually I'm like... Oh, man, I wish I was a bit more girl, girl <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the Skelexes, they're awful puppets. Yeah. And the crow-like things. And I remember in the movie when um, they have a fight over... Who's yeah, gonna he's going go to be the lead, ruler. And then they, the loser sort of like, they strip all his Yeah,
1: I remember off. that. so terrifying. Yeah, sometimes there's some really traumatic moments yeah. in like in Cinderella when they strip her. Do you remember in Cinderella? Yeah. They rip the clothes off yeah. her. I remember finding that really like yeah. scarring as a child. It's quite brutal. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. They they do have their scary moments, but I think that well oh god, Bambi's is t- absolutely terrifying. Um uh, and what well, water down is, but I think with the sort of uh, the puppetry, I always feel like dark crystal, and every it does have a darker edge to it as yeah. well. Like, it is like and that always intrigues you as a child scary. as well, because
1: yeah. it feels a little bit more adult. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. oh, this is like an adult's film. Yes, yeah, whiskey, even though it's genius. not. Yeah, yeah.
2: But now I watch it, and I'm like, there's nothing, there's nothing, nothing scares me here. Although, as I said to you, um, I've only seen uh, the first episode. Yeah, so it gets and really good. Yeah, I mean, and like, you know that what's great? Heart, the first episode, anyway.
1: I know we were talking about puppets versus CGI yeah. but actually with this it's mostly puppets but then the CGI yeah. is in there to like yeah. tweak yeah. little things like it adds in their blinks and their tongues I saw the tongues, yeah. I saw that yeah, I was like oh that's so cool so that's a nice way of them kind of working together do you want to know yeah. something really cool? you might already know cool. so the puppeteer designers on yeah. the Dark Crystal yeah. are like a family and the, the main designer of the puppeteers was the little baby in Labyrinth. What? So you know Toby yeah, in Labyrinth. Yeah, 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 His mum and dad did all the puppets on the Labyrinth and Dark Crystal, and now he's grown up and they're all working together on the, on the reboot. <laughs> that's so absolutely, they, they, that's why it looks so good because they know the world so, so well. Yeah, so intimately, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm not sure what the I message- My mind's blown a little bit. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm full
2: of random facts. Because it's like that's just nice that it's been passed through as a fa- sort of family tradition.
1: Yeah, because it's horrible when your childhood things get wrecked.
2: They've, he's now had the the chance to create that as a as, as part of the legacy, and they've sort of gone, you know, they've gone absolutely all out with it as mm. well. There's no messing around. I remember seeing the trailer thinking,
1: oh my yeah. God, they've spent a fortune. Like it must this. have cost so much money. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you've seen it all, so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, in I'm safe in hands, 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 right, if I watch the rest of yeah. it. Yeah. I'm worried I'm
1: going to spoil it, but I don't think I have. <laughs> no, no, you haven't. I mean, it's a prequel anyway, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, David Bowie, Labyrinth, and Jennifer Connelly. I, I can't and believe
1: that was Jennifer Connelly. Connolly. Like, I didn't realise for ages. Uh, but yeah it's like a very young hair, isn't it yeah yeah,
2: yeah. she's fantastic yeah. she's been in some amazing movies some some that are a lot more terrifying than uh, Labyrinth there's one called uh, Requiem for a Dream absolutely terrific movie but I, I probably only I can watch it once every 10 years because it's yeah. really quite dark and sad and stuff like that and she's in it and it's like oh it's the girl from Labyrinth
1: yeah. she's having a really
2: rough time <laughs> <laughs> what other play can you remember any other ones then um, there was Bigfoot and the Henderson. Um, the
1: Never Ending story. Never story. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. Although I didn't like that as much. It was a bit too American, mm. I think. But I remember that was traumatic as well. There was a moment where he was covered in mud. Yes, and his horse the, the got unicorns,
2: stuck. The horse is stuck in the mud. It's horrid, mate. Yeah. And he just has to let the horse go as well. Yeah. And the horse
1: go. Spoiler
2: alert! If anyone hasn't seen that movie from the eighties, yeah,
1: he has to let the horse go. Yeah. Although nice. I think he comes back at the end. But yeah. I'm Not sure. Yeah, that's really tough. And there was a bit when there was these two, like, Egyptian statues and you could walk, walk through it, it, but yeah. you had to be, like, true of heart or something yeah. for it not to kill you. Yeah, and you hit laser <laughs> and that's the fucking yeah. end of you. Yeah. And then yeah. there was that other one, which was kind of puppety, but it actually lead to another one uh, of my top five. Yeah. Jason and the... Uh, Jason and the... Not Argonauts. 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 Ar-
2: Ar- yeah, Argonauts. You know the
1: Greek, oh, do I? Greek yeah. mythology one? That well, That's like a... 70s, 80s films. Yeah, that was great there oh, as well. It blew my mind.
2: All, all, all that stop motion, because it was all kind of puppets or
1: stop motion yeah.
2: animation. I think a lot of my childhood was um, had had. Uh, sorry, there's a big beep. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but we apologise. But we need to keep the door open. Because it's pretty hot tonight. Um, excuse me. The stop motion animation and all those and there was Sinbad as well yeah I, I loved all that sort of like sword and sandal stuff with it, a little element of uh, like the sort of fantasy with it the giants fighting yeah. the skeletons because oh, it was also country. ugly
1: as well yeah. and it was just really interesting to look at sometimes ugly, like yeah. the CGI stuff is so neat and pristine yeah. that it's I don't know you just yeah. don't connect to it as much no that's
2: what I, because they they, they've they done, I think they did Clash of the Titans and that was with that um, bloke from Avatar, I can't remember the actor's name now, so they sort of brought a lot of that sort of stuff back and I couldn't quite, I liked it. Yeah. But I don't know, like sometimes they just go so crazy with the CGI that yeah. I just stop being able to really connect with that actually happening. I don't feel any jeopardy when it's they're because you fighting. don't question it, how they've done yeah. it. You just yeah. know
1: it's a computer. Yeah, I think. Yeah. That might be
2: what it is. Yeah, I don't feel the threat. So. Yeah, yeah. And like with the puppets as well, it's always amazing. So I'm going to have to close that door because there's some crazy beeping going on, guys. Sorry. They found us. What is that? there we go yeah um, how they do all the puppetry mm. it's just mind boggling I love the idea of you know that being your family sort of like yeah. uh, profession and being taught that from your, your mum and dad it's cute it's pretty cool um, okay so that was number five mate that was uh, have you got any others that you want to cover off within the sort of puppetry sort of
1: um, realm well but it kind of would take us to number one so okay. let's hold back. On hold back. App. Sure. Do you want to do one or shall yeah, I? Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can I throw one in there? Um, I don't know your top five, so I don't want to um crush it. That's fine. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a um a, a very old school one and throw in
1: um Mary Poppins. Ah. <gasps> okay. This is good because this kind of links oh, okay, with cool. one of my other ones. I had down musical movies, yes. yeah. and Mary Poppins, obviously, Julia Andrews, yeah. so I've got Sound of Music down. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Good so, shout. Yeah.
2: Very good shout. Um, I didn't see Sound of Music till much later in life, okay. strangely. Um, uh, I thought it was great. Mary Poppins was the one that I just had on heavy rotations. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. Again,
1: that's just quite bizarre. Yeah. With... Especially the time that it was made is it was a bit like how did they do that,
2: yeah, because of course you had all the like it goes into the animation yeah, world at one yeah. point, doesn't it, yeah, and then she's flying around and oh, it's, it's it's just amazing and and again, I think you were saying about the simplicity of the story, mm. but it is about being true to yourself and you know and and and, and not valuing things like money over. Mm. Friendship and love, and yeah. that, that's really good. Like the miserly old uh, bank clerk who, yeah. who hasn't laughed for a lifetime, and then eventually finds a joke funny again and starts floating around the ceiling because he's laughing so much. Yeah, yeah, I loved, I love Mary Poppins. I, I've seen it so many. I, I often forget because it it was from quite when I was quite young, and but I I've seen that film I reckon 20, 30 times. And I like to be try and be accurate. with It's easy, so I've seen that film hundreds of times, twenty, thirty times. It's still it's quite a lot of time lot for to for watch a, a to watch a movie. Um, yeah, but it's obviously got Dick Van Dyke in it, who, who plays the the chimney sweep, and got one of the most one of my most favourite performances. Is when they're all running over the rooftops and stuff yeah. like
1: that. He's American, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But he does a British accent. Yeah, I always think it's funny whenever you see a show of um, Americans doing a British accent because yeah. they always. Like model themselves and Dick Van Dyke and they talk like this, like oh yeah. So it's just like really funny. This is British. How British people talk. So it's so interesting to say that <laughs> because, um, something that's been
2: released recently as well on Amazon is called The Boys, and it's based on my favourite graphic novel. So I was super excited when it came out. The graphic novel's very adult, very gritty, very dark. The basic uh, the basic um, sort of premise is if everyone was if you were superheroes, a lot of superheroes, they'd probably just be shit bags because they're super powerful, well adored. Okay. So, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of them are absolute, horrible, grotesque people. And the boys are a, company, a group of people who have been hired by the CIA to, to keep the soups in line. And it's very, very dark. It's brilliant, great storytelling. Um, but the main character is British, he's called Bill the Butcher. And in the TV series, they've cast Carl Urban, who I really like as an actor. He's a, he's, a, he's a great bloke. But his accent is the one thing in it where okay. I'm sort of like, Carl, oh, <laughs> oh, I love you so much. I'm making this okay. But it really isn't good. And it is Dick Van like, in many, like you, you say that, I didn't think of it. But it kind of is like an Australian Dick Van Dyke. Because yeah. he's not getting it right. Even that, it's, like,
1: it's not perfect. It's cute that they think we talk like that. Like, yeah. like this maybe we could talk like this the whole <laughs> rest of the podcast. she shine, go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so Mary Poppins would be um, would be one that I nearly slept on. I nearly forgot how big a part of my life that was. Uh, Julie Andrews is mm. just phenomenal. Yeah. And,
1: uh, keep, you know, keeps those kids in line, you know, making yeah. sure they're not brattish and, you know. She's always good at that sort of character. Like I, yeah. Like I said similar kind of character to sound of music yeah. and i remember seeing that that was like my first experience of a musical when really? i was like six years old which it came on the tv and i yeah. was like mouth open wow. what is this people singing and like it's also a film and i don't know they were always quite romantic films in in the sense that it was just quite pretty and it yeah. wasn't too much drama but like enough Watch actually no wait there was Nazis in the Sound of Music wasn't yeah, there yeah, so there was yeah. drama in that yeah
2: one. but a kind of like in a, in a, to a degree where you know kids can watch yeah. it and enjoy it and realise that there's that there's that the threat there but obviously the adults watching it probably mm. more understand that threat than the kids yeah um, and
1: then another one like yeah, another musical maybe yeah. that I absolutely loved yeah and ties into the LGBT plus yeah. theme is Wizard of Oz oh yeah
2: yeah which was a great one. Oh, it is it's, it's an incredible movie I mean even just in terms of movies it's got to be up there yeah overall for, for all for all of those things yeah um, yeah it's incredible as a musical and how they filmed it and, and, and it's fantastical in the storyline as well yeah because
1: yeah, I'm not sure if it was like an, I don't think it was an MGM or was it it might have been
2: I think it is. I mean, I'm famed for guesswork, Ollie. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, definitely was. But it's like that sort
1: of era, because obviously it was like a young Judy Garland, who's obviously like a a gay icon. Uh, And actually, so what they used to say back in the day when it was like illegal to be gay, uh, rather than saying, oh, he's gay, they would say, he's a friend of Dorothy. Yeah,
2: right. So that it
1: was kind of like code for like, oh, he's gay. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that. Because if you think about it, the, the people who were friends with Dorothy, yeah. you had the Scarecrow, yeah. the Tin Man, the the Lion, and they were all kind of a little bit queer. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, and then she's always just been a, a queer man's uh, icon. And actually, it was her death in 1969 which kind of sparked the gay, the queer liberation movement and what inspired the Stonewall Riots. Ollie, I did not know this. I'm sorry to bring so much culture. No, it's really <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so her funeral was the day um, that the Stonewall Inn got um, raided in 1969. And that was when all the queer people were like, screw this, we've had enough of being oppressed. And then they started fighting back the police and throwing bricks. And that was the beginning of like LGBT plus equality and rights. That's when it started. And that's why we have Gay Pride wow. every year on that day.
2: I, I didn't know we'd end up there today. I'm sorry. No, no don't
1: be sorry. I think that's
2: fucking amazing. And I think it's it it's sort of like it shows how important it is, uh, how how powerful media is in 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 helping culture, exactly. steer culture, yeah. and,
1: and 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 inform. Because mm. um, that movie is such an important movie for a lot of gay people, because yeah. it starts in black and white, and it's like Dorothy's dreaming of about being somewhere over the rainbow. The rainbow's a symbol of <laughs> Jesus, even, even I know that. Yeah, know. so, yeah. and then she she kind of turns up in this world which is like colourful, and it's like, yeah, no, a lot of us relate to that, so.
2: Did you relate to that in that way, uh, as a youngster, or did those sort of um, themes you started to see them more as you got older and started to realise your own you know, identity? Or you know.
1: As a child, I, I'm not sure if I related to it in that way, but yeah. I know that I related to Dorothy and I just loved her yeah. ruby slippers. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. was like, they're incredible. So it was just kind of a bit of a, a wonderful tale for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's why I loved it, because she was just fab. Um, five, have You got a particular scene that stands out? Yeah, The was it? Was Ah, uh, you know the I don't know the bit where they were all in the poppy field.
2: Yeah.
1: And like, because the the witch is doing something weird. She's yeah. like, she had that big globe and she's like rubbing it. And then, like, they start falling asleep. But then the good witch wakes them up, so it's all good.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good scene. Um, obviously the end scene's pretty pretty, pretty epic. But I kind of like the 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 munchkins as well. Munchkins were great. The lollipop
1: guild. The lollipop guild. We represent
2: the lollipop guild. (laughs) When when we did, um, I've I've bored listeners about this before, but one of my one of my first big roles in theatre was uh, as the wizard in the Wizard of Oz play, and um, that was I fucking loved that. And uh, some of my friends were the Munchkins, and they were like kind of like v- like they hoped they'd have a like a, a vying for a bigger role, and they got a Munchkin out for fun. <laughs> just a Munchkin. They're uh, integral. Well, they they're integral. They're lazy. That's that, that, that one of their songs is basically about how much work they do in a day, and it's absolutely brilliant. And as a kid, you saw sort of, like I don't think you 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 sort to of piece together actually what they're singing about, like, and I think part of the lyric is. Uh, we get up at 12 and start our work at 1, take an hour for lunch, and then at 2 we're done. Uh, I remember being 9 and being like, hold on, do an hour a day. Sounds good. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, the one hour, sounds like uh, me and you day. these
1: days. Right?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just people... Um, strange jobs. Yeah. Yeah, strange jobs. I used to like
1: the... Uh, there was a horse that changed colour as well. Do you remember that? Oh, gosh, When yeah. they got to, like... The wizards called it Emerald City? Yeah, Emerald City. So that would yeah, no, it was quite. Again, how did they do that? Because that was years and years ago.
2: Be so easy now. I Me and you could do that. Yeah, you could change the color of a horse. I know. mean,
1: yeah, I always use green screen in all of my videos. So
2: it's crazy, isn't it? Like, so well, let's talk about that. How did you find yourself, um, you know, becoming a a, a YouTuber? And and filming yourself, was you inspired by something? Uh, someone else doing it? Or? Um,
1: so I used to be on a CBBC show called Trapped, right. which I just loved being on. Yeah, I was called Wiley Sneak, and I, it was like a fairy what? tale. That's the best <laughs> I know, Wiley like, Sneak. That is so cool. Yeah, and he was so cool because he had like big hair, so yeah. I had like massive hair, and it was my real hair at the time. Yeah, and like a bandana, and like a cool coat, and trainers. and just used to jump around it was a bit like Crystal Maze, but for kids, and wow. I used to demonstrate how all the games worked silently because I can't talk. But the story was that I was a kid that had been trapped there years ago and never left, and now I kind of like knew how oh, to this worked. is ringing bells.
2: I need to I need to watch some of this to see if it triggers any memories of when you. So so how how many years ago was this?
1: Said so the first series came out in two thousand and seven. Yeah, okay. And then it was on there for a while. Yeah. Like we did five seasons of it. Yeah. Uh, we won like a. After for it yeah, well. I did so like Someone shape. makes
2: her kids back then as well. Yeah, so yeah. That, that, I'm gonna have to look. But my memory might be playing tricks on me, but.
1: so I always loved that kind of world. And then I was like, I think I either had to create like an audition tape for like another uh, children's program. Yeah. Like so, I made it like a, I start. I started by making like a fake kids show on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get the job, but somehow people watched my video and really liked it. Right. And I was like, okay, and this is back when I didn't realise that you could kind of have a channel and and people would well, watch so it. So this,
2: yeah. So what what you use this now? This so was you... maybe
1: like 12. Yeah. and then I just started making more and more videos. And my friends used to call me Ollie Pop. Um, so my channel was originally called Ollie Pop, but as it grew and got bigger, and I started registering things, I couldn't use that name, so I just swapped it around. Yeah. Pop and Ollie, uh, and Pop is my balloon sidekick yeah who originally was an actual balloon and it was a nightmare to film with because he just constantly popped <laughs> <Didn't> <laughs> like, really? yeah it was just like horrendous but then you know just self-taught i've learned about green screens yeah. bought green screens bought lights yeah. learnt how to edit yeah. and put myself in these things how to animate so now pop is now pop cgi i mean he's only 2d but he's he's uh, an animated character that's phenomenal
2: it's phenomenal how, how how did you teach yourself these things how with did, YouTube exactly yeah. I saw, I, because I, I've taught myself so many things off YouTube yeah like, or the
1: internet Yeah. you can do anything now it's mind boggling if yeah. you mm-hmm. really want to do something no matter what it is you can teach yourself how to 100%. do it 100% like, like,
2: like, like, like I, I, obviously I, I
1: went to university and stuff but
2: if I was motivated hmm. I could I could bang out what I learned in uni in a year yeah and, and, and I think that's amazing that you can be autonomous like that. Auto, you oh, see? No, I was going to... When you yeah. love something, you can. You're just, like, obsessed with it. And yeah. that's the key to success, I think. Totally. You follow what you enjoy doing. Yeah. And what you think about. Be smart with it. I do be completely whimsical and have, you know, it, it, it takes
1: hard work. Yeah. And sometimes you do have to pay for things. Like, yeah. I obviously had to buy all the software, which sure. is, you know, hundreds of pounds. But it's, like, the core of my business now, yeah. so... Definitely.
2: Do you... So what editing sort of packages do you Yeah, have?
1: so I just buy that Adobe Suite. Yep. have the whole thing. Yeah. Because um, obviously I use like Premiere Pro, After Effects, Audition, which I, do you use? No, never, I've never even heard of it, mate, Oh, what do you use
2: to edit your podcast? So uh, the podcast, we actually have... I oh, have someone master the podcast, oh, um, but they do use... No, I don't know what uh, software they actually use to edit it. When I do it, if I do one myself, if we've got a quick turnaround, so I might use simply GarageBand just to I yeah. Because I that.
1: I started with iMovie. Yeah,
2: yeah. You start with what you got. But with video software, we we'll use Premiere, I guess. Yeah. And stuff like that. So and I use I've always used Photoshop, mm. and that's that's self that self tool. Yeah. Um, and I love it I really like doing stuff on photoshop and I really like even the small videos I've edited I really enjoy the process yeah yeah I think it's incredible it gets so, a it's bit really... addictive doesn't it? it yeah it's rewarding it's difficult as well like it can be depending on how much you've filmed mm. and how much editing you've got to do it can be daunting yeah but if you're smart with what you plan on filming and you know what you're going to say then actually you don't have to cut out so much stuff you can, can be a bit quicker yeah. to do yeah, phenomenal.
1: Yeah, and it's quite nice because I use, like, uh, obviously, when I put my do the animations, yeah. like, well, we're talking, kind of talking about the puppets, and it's like my early ones, is just the pictures yeah. and my voice. But as I've kind of grown as an animator, now mm-hmm. like, uh, they blink, yeah. and they move slightly, and it's like, you just add in like the tiniest things, like blinks, and, and they come to life a little bit more. Yeah. So.
2: Well, I saw, I saw that. I was watching one, and it was, I think it, it, was, it was The Prince and the Frog, and it was the start of it, and then pop, pop, <laughs> pop, jumps in.
1: Ruins it. I don't Ruins normally it. do that. Yeah. But, so so The Prince and the Frog is my only book with a publisher Yeah. that isn't my publishing company. Sure. And they kind of advised me not to put the entire book yeah. on on the video, so I kind of didn't. Yeah.
2: Uh, you however, with that carrot. I know. Yeah, I know. Because I was be quite big. into. I was kind I'm of sorry. like hot committed. There. <laughs> <laughs> no, but why I should? I, I think making things free is fine, but I, I also don't have a. Yeah, um, so that's the a, only a, one I'm not really yeah, giving yeah,
1: away. But everything else is yeah, online. But also, I love them being available online for free because sometimes, you know people can't always afford to buy no. my books and it's like um, the real reason why I do this is to get as many kids to watch these exactly. stories as possible Yeah, you know it's great when they do when parents or prime schools do buy it but sometimes they're more inspired to buy it once they've watched their videos exactly so. I don't
2: think because of that I don't think it's it can just as much uh, sell it to mm. someone because they yeah. might have seen it but all the kids in their class wouldn't have done so yeah. they'll be like no this is a book that I want out there. just checking the recording
1: um, still recording we're still going we're we... still
2: going I, I'm really impressed that you do the animation I knew you did the drawing but I didn't realise you was you were anima- animating the video I'm right?
1: too like precious to let other people think do yeah. things but like this is something I need to learn to let go of things and kind of delegate because yeah. otherwise I'm just going to run myself into the ground, I think. To an extent, yeah. I think that,
2: at a a certain size, sometimes you you need to do that. My niece who's got the, the, um, so Wilma's Cupcakes, I don't know if you know this, she runs a little cupcake shop. I say little, I don't mean that in a a sort of like bulletin in way. She runs a wonderful cupcake shop in in Leon C. And one of the biggest things is once it became successful, is that they started branching out into doing more, um, um, celebration cakes as well as their normal Mm. trade and they had to realize had to let go of it and they had to sort of train people to do that yeah it's a real challenge yeah but i think with the content that you produce you can maintain the great thing of being the chief executive unicorn (laughs) you can sort of like you you can decide when to and how much to let go yeah you need to keep as Mm. as yourself
1: it's weird isn't it because it's like you can be so passionate about something but there is not ever going to be another person that alive who's going to be as passionate about it because it's your thing. So I think you kind of have to understand that as well in order to let go of it a bit. It makes me chuckle when
2: people don't want to tell you an idea they've had a lot of time. Yeah. Because I understand the fact that you could be, you know, sort of like giving it away to someone for free and Mm. they could go away and do it, but I think people don't realise quite how lazy and how self-interested we are in in the things that we already are interested in and things that we want to do. Yeah. So most of the time, people kind of like, they're never going to rip you off because they're not going to, because it's so hard even if you do love something, to make that happen. Yeah. And you're the one who's passionate about it, not the person you just told the idea to. Even for you to get it up and running, it's not a, it's not an overnight thing. Yeah. But an idea is just an idea. Even if it's a brilliant one, mm. it's transient. People can, won't do it. No, and it'll disappear if you don't do it. Did you find with, say, like The Prince and the Fog, because it was published, were people trying to um, affect the narrative or give you creative input? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, that was a different process that yeah. Very different, yeah. and yeah, it's a char- <laughs> but because it was like they do have a say because they're obviously paying for the everything, and yeah. it's not the story I started with, but I'm happy with that with how it turned out. Yeah, um, but I love m- my other books. How it's kind of my say. Like yeah. some of these are really zany. Like this princess Penny and the pea. Yeah, um, she meets a little talking pea, and. She, look she's jumping over crocodiles, yep. or fire. The pea talks and then they have to test the pee to see if it's a real if it's a magic pea. Because wow. it talks like it's absolutely bizarre. But for some reason the kids love this one the best. I love that
2: artwork. So I'm looking at can I tell 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 the listeners what yeah, I'm looking at? Absolutely. So obviously you've got the, the, the traditional story of the princess. P and
1: I can't is that the name of the, so, 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 the Yeah the original one? one is called The Princess and the Pea. And
2: in that she is a bit of a prima donna isn't she yeah. and she and and she's sleeping on about 12 mattresses Cuz they
1: have they have to test her yeah to see if she's a real princess. That's right. Whereas in mine we're <laughs> testing the pea to is see that? if it's a real magic
2: pea. And it's the princess who's at the bottom of all the mattresses. Yeah. <laughs> it's the pea that's on top. That's <laughs> yeah,
1: incredible. Yeah, I kind of like to do that because most of them are fairy tales, yeah. Um, because the other thing about fairy tales is a lot of people think of Disney when they think of fairy tales, sure. and they I think they think that's where it originated from, yeah. But actually, fairy tales we don't really know where they originated from because they're hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of years old, yeah. and they just used to get passed down verbally. Yeah. And it wasn't until the Brothers Grimm, now, yeah. the Brothers Grimm didn't actually write the stories, they just recorded them, yeah. they're the ones who recorded all the original ones. and the fairy tales are always kind of updated and things are added and taken out every time they're told. Um, so I liked the fact that I've got elements of the original with my stories, but I've completely shifted it to reflect, you know, our world today.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, that's amazing, mate. If I, if I could time travel, I was just thinking, if I could time travel, I'd like to be able to time travel, but along along a narrative. Yeah. So, 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 for example, you said with The Brothers Grimm and all the, all the stories, I'd love to... Travel back but follow that narrative to where it started. See, yeah. see what it came from, who came up with the mm. idea and where that was actually based on. Mm. You know, so it's weird, like Tolkien wrote most of like The Lord of the Rings and, and lots of the area is just where he walked on his when he oh, on yeah. his ramblings. So he, his mind would conjure these epic things from maybe mundane like a hill. Mm. But that's what Mount Doom was and, and stuff like that. So I'd like to know. I'd like to see where those where those narratives follow. Shall we do
1: another one? Shall we pick another kids' movie? Yeah. Uh, is it your turn or my turn? Well, well that you, was kind of both. It, of it was us, a joint
2: effort that one. So uh, I think four was kind of the musical sort of uh, sort of uh, area, didn't we? Because we yeah. only in Wizard of Oz. So have you, do you want to throw in a throw in one for um, three? I've
1: got plenty. Here. I've got I've got movies for days, mate. So no. See, I was going to say this one, but again. You've already done a whole podcast about Robin Williams movies, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wrote, yeah. I did originally write that down, like, um, Hook, because I yes. loved that film. Oh, wow, yeah, with Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, that was one of my favourite <sighs> ones. Wow. Because Robin Williams weirdly reminds me of my dad. You met my dad? Yeah, obviously, yeah, at the yes, wedding? Yeah, yeah. Do you think he looks a little bit like Robin Williams? A little, yeah. And yeah. he also kind of has that sense of humour as well. So I don't know, for some reason, I always. Get a bit quite, emotional. Your dad, I, get, I don't know. Your, dad's,
2: your dad. Immediately is is a quite a warm character. Yeah. And I think Robin Williams admits that too. Yeah. Well, so, yeah.
1: So no, I just used to love them. The movie again, they're quite fanatical, and I think Hook that has an element of like puppetry and um, a very stylistic approach to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Um, I'm trying to think. They don't, they don't, the crocodile's not really in Hook, is he? In, no. He's just the the giant there because Hook's already
1: got the, hold of him, yeah. he, basically. The bit that terrified me in that film, though, is when they put the guy in the box and put the scorpions in. Oh, God. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. That was like, yeah, that yeah. stayed with me for oh, such a oh. long time.
2: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I think that. Any sort of like creepy crawlies, I've never, yeah, I've no, never been that good with. Never. Um, there's a scene in one of the Indiana Jones movies, and it's just bugs everywhere, and it's like, oh God, I'm not too good at that. Yeah. Snakes, I'm okay with. I had two pet snakes as a, as a kid, which is crazy. But um, once you get into the, the multiple legged creatures, I start to. Start to fade a little. Bit. Yeah. So yeah, no, you're right. That, is, that that was pretty terrifying. Hooks amazing. Yeah, it's really good.
1: Mm. Um, but it's kind of like that that genre of like nineties movies, like Indiana Jones. Was it? Was that nineties? I think it was nineties. Yeah,
2: nineties, eighties, yeah. yeah, and nineties. Yeah. Started in the eighties, and Ended in well, no, yeah. there was one more recently, which wasn't as good. But
1: yeah, again, they were just quite simple plot lines, but there was a lot to the like the set and the and again it was real and that's what like Jurassic Park
2: oh wow yeah
1: like yeah. that is one of the most epic movies ever and I don't know if it's necessarily a kids film but it's definitely a, a, a family film scared the
2: life out of me mate yeah because I remember sitting on my on the, on the lounge living room floor in my friend's house when he's Brother who was a few years older than us came home and we were, I don't know, 12, 13. I could be wrong. It's around that year. I think it came out in 1992, so we were like 12. Yeah. And Dave said, listen, guys, I just went to see this film and, and I thought it was going to be boring and, and, and whatnot. And he's like, dinosaurs in a park. And then it all goes wrong. And we're like, what? And he was like, there's these things called raptors and T-Rex. And we are like, wow. And I remember my mum and dad taking me uh, and uh, and I remember my dad like my dad holding my hand at one point because <laughs> yeah, at that reactions. age I thought you know, you <laughs> know I'm, a, t- I'm a you know, I'm, i am I can take it it's only a PG or whatever it was and I remember the first bit with the, when the t-rex comes along and it's in its butt and we were quite near the front of the sin- the screen and that t-rex g- growled and I remember my dad seeing me being quite scared and just giving me a firm little hand hold I was watching it Aww. and it helped because I was genuinely scared very scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, not a kid's film, but
1: not like an adult film. No, like, movie. yeah, no, kids could watch that, definitely. Um, and yeah, no, I guess another a film from that kind of time was Jumanji. Okay. Which was brilliant. I loved it. Another Robin Williams yeah. number. Yeah. Yeah, because it was, again, it's all that fantasy element of like these giant bugs. Did they have giant bugs? Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they had something. Everything was giant. Yeah. it.
2: Mean, the monkeys weren't they were normal size but the croc was quite oversized I think mm. um, or I don't know because sometimes when I look, watch back these movies again I'm like hey that wasn't that big yeah I just your yeah, imagination after a while just distorts it I remember seeing Jaws and in, to my mind Jaws is a shark that's the size of a bus yeah and it's not and I actually we, I, I do watch it probably every year or two years but definitely this year when I saw it I was like, I can't believe how small that shark is now, like compared to my imagination that has blown it out of such insane proportions. So yeah, I think that's what I do. I don't think the the, the looking back, I don't think anything was oversized in Jumanji.
1: No, maybe not. Um, I remember always thinking when I watched them types of films as a kid, like what oh, I would do in that situation. Yeah. Oh I would I think that was part of the excitement of it as because well, 'Cause you'd be like, Well I would you know, I'd climb up the wall and or or I'll, I'll grab that and it was nice to be able to just See something completely new, and then imagine what you would do in yeah. that situation. Oh man, fantasise about that. Yeah. yeah, that definitely is that
2: ties into my number one. So I'll come back to that. Okay. Definitely.
1: Cool.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, so hook. hook. And uh, are there any other Robin Williams movies that you? Yeah.
1: Um, I love um, obviously *Jumanji*. He's *Jumanji* and yeah. um, *Mrs. Doubtfire*. Yeah, so good. Um, yeah, he was just such a good performer wasn't he and even his voice as well like yeah uh because he was the genie in aladdin oh, of course he was have you seen the new one no what the what the uh anyway. live action ones yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know i feel like i a bit of an issue with the live it.
2: action ones what are you worried about come on talk talk to me
1: i don't really like what they're doing yeah cool i feel like they are obviously trying to make money which yeah. isn't a bad thing yeah, sure. but I feel like they're doing all of these live action ones because they're trying to bring back the people that watch the original ones
2: yeah it is it's the re-slay it's, it's nostalgic re-slaying of a cash cow basically and I don't
1: like it Yeah, I love it when they're coming up with new, new stories. stories and gotcha. just creating news which they are still doing yeah. they're, they're not completely like disregarding news mm-hmm. stories but I don't know like the beauty and the beast I was so excited for that and then I was just a bit like, meh.
2: Oh, so you? I haven't seen that one. Is this with Emma Watson? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't watch it. Yeah,
1: I mean, there were some really good moments. Yeah. Um, but, yeah,
2: it's difficult because it'd be difficult for us to capture the same thing as when we first yeah, watched it. Yeah, of course. Maybe kids are watching. Like, oh wow! And maybe, yeah, maybe the I don't know. I do. I, I think the originals were were brilliant. Um, I've seen it. I've seen Aladdin. And I went because Molly really wanted to watch it, and um, I was I've always been a big fan of Will Smith, and I thought, well, okay, okay, I go and watch it. I must say that one did impress me way more. Maybe because my expectations were so low, but it did impress me. And and I I'm not I am not like so hot hard on the camp of don't re don't don't mess around with nostalgia things to make money. I'm not sure where I am on that. Mm. I don't like. I think if you're gonna do it, you've got to you've got to really put some effort into it. I I, I recently saw a strange. It's not a kids' movie at all, but it was the it was the same thing, and I was really unimpressed because they re did Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. So it was a hot horror movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, I still want to have it
2: for that. And it was almost like for like, mm. and but there was it offered nothing new. Yeah, it it was going it's going off the fact that they've recently done the its and stuff like yeah. that, which I felt there there was a more of a reason to to do that in many ways The Pet cemetery was kind of like you've just you've just done that Mm. and you know that the movie itself doesn't require a lot of special effects so they knew that they were going to go we can do this low budget and it's going to fucking make us such a lot of money and it it obviously did and that one I came out feeling really short like short change and and exactly how you feel like you just did that because you know it would have turned to put in such little effort into it with Aladdin I was like actually I was, I was actually quite impressed with how how, they, how they'd gone with it okay. and stuff oh, like good. that how about like The uh, Lion King doing it with all the animation you like leave that leave that back in
1: the past and. I yeah that confused me because I was like it's well the original is kind of like animation animation and, then, and then, yeah so that one I just didn't bother that. I have to say, the first one they did, Cinderella, I think that was the first live action they did. Okay. I thought that it was great. Yeah. I thought they did a really good job with that because it was, slight. there was slightly different parts in it yeah. which added to it like uh, the stepmother was like, was it Kate Blanchett or something?
2: I, I, I don't know. I can't even remember it being released, mate. But genuinely,
1: genuinely. That, was, that was wonderful. Yeah. And then, I don't know, they've kind of gone, ah, and let's do it with all the films. Yeah. And it's a bit like, All of them, really? (laughs) Like, okay. So, yeah, I've not. I think then I saw The Jungle Book. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't really like that too much. Yeah. So, I'm not sure with the live action ones. I'm not as excited, I don't think, as everyone else. Maybe cook up some new stuff.
2: I do think that, like, because they've done that a lot with a lot of 80s movies as well. They did it with Total Recall, with Robocop. And um, I, again, I don't know if I'm looking back on rose tinted mm. glasses of what were hyper violent eighties and nineties movies. Yeah. I but I watch them now, and I'm kind of like, you've not off, you've not offered enough there for me to think it was worth doing yeah. that, other than cashing on my hopes and dreams as a child. No. I, I'll say this with what Disney have done with Marvel is quite good, and I, and sometimes I suffer from a little bit of the, uh, you know, I, I was a big comic book reader and. Sometimes I'm like, God, it's never going to end with these films and they're always going to do them. But also, they do do quite a good job and a lot of the time they're telling stories a lot better than they ever mm. tr- ever tried to attempt and they're bringing in lots more characters and there's a lot more exciting things. So I'm more happy with what they've done there. I don't know what they're going to do with a Star Wars sort of franchise now. It's uh, yeah. I've lost it. I've given up a bit on, on that one. Yeah. It's, uh, they've, they've destroyed it a little bit, so i think uh they did that with the um the alien franchise as well
1: i don't want to watch any more of those so it's so... very tricky to fix it if it's not broken i mean you know we talked about the dark crystal that was mm. incredible because they put it exactly right yeah but also they're offering like so much more because it's a prequel and it's like a whole exploring the world further but when you're just kind of like you said remaking it shot for shot and yeah. He's like
2: yeah. and also they don't do a lot of puppetry right
1: so it's nice
2: and it's exciting and you're like oh wow I'd actually like to see more of that as opposed to this looks like more of the, more of the same more of the same tried and tested money earner mm.
1: yeah I wonder if they'll remake any Robin Williams films how long no does worries. it how long do you have to wait before you can remake a film <laughs> well there
2: you go I can, I can, we can answer that Jumanji they redid it they did you, oh they did, didn't yeah. they? With The Rock and Jack Black. Ah, but you, that were
1: yeah, it was kind of like a, yeah, it wasn't a complete remake, it was no, not it a wasn't. sequel, wasn't it? It
2: was actually really, yeah, sorry, it, so it wasn't a remake, no, it, but they took, they could have done that. Yeah, they that actually looked quite funny. It, it actually, actually was, was really good. Like, yeah. So they didn't, I think that's the thing, is they took it and they could have easily tried to rehash it, they could have done. But I think what they did was the right thing which was like, look, let's not just retell that story. Let's think how we can tell that story now. Mm. So Jumanji is a computer game that they get sucked yeah. into, and it's very, it's funny. I'm big, I quite like the rock And Well, I'm a big fan of the Rock, actually, and Jack Black, and and uh, no, and Kevin Hart, and it's um, it's bloody funny, mate. And you're not trying to hold out for the same laughs and, and thrills as the original. Mm. You're not looking for that and yeah. for that reason they can continue the legacy in, in, in a good way so that's good worth, worth watching I'm going to pause it right there guys because I'm going to top up um, Ollie's drink and offer him a biscuit yes right.
1: time for an ad no
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're like no <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> there you go that's the end of part one of Chris sitting down with Ollie having a good old chimwag. um You don't need to hear any more from me because you're, I imagine, getting ready to zoom straight over for part two. Go get involved. I'll see you on the other side. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Sorry, I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and ACast, and it's a one stop shop to tell you. All about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a lot of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there also. Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.